0: Hey, everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories.
1: Isaac Newton, Master of the Mint, by David Ashton. I'm innocent, I swear it, sir. The facts would seem to contradict you, Mr. Queston. All lies. Let us examine the evidence. Piss upon it. Let us examine. Mr Haynes, can you bring the depositions? Certainly, Mr Newton. Thank you. When my agents and I searched the cellars of your house, we found as follows. A cutter to render plate fit for coining. What would that signify? From my recently acquired empirical knowledge, it is the first step in the minting process. It produces coin blanks. Means nothing. Outside the house, in the earth, buried, hidden at the back of a broken chamber pot was a stocking full of various dyes that would engrave both guineas and shillings. Left there by some villain. And in an outhouse, a large press to effect the coining of money.
2: Well, that would be difficult to overlook, Mr. Quested.
1: I have sworn witnesses that your wife, Jane Quested, was observed to have milled the guineas from a mixture of genuine coin clippings augmented by pewter and other base metals. What witnesses? Friends and neighbours. What would we do without them? I deny it all. I will stand trial. You will be found guilty. And under the laws of this land, punishment will be the same as that of treason. For mistress questioned in particular. My wife burned to death. That is the law. But sign a confessive deposition and she may yet escape the flames. And as for I? It is a hanging matter. My wife did just as I told her. An exceptional woman. I'll sign it. Mr Haynes, bring pen and ink. At your behest, sir. Can you read, Mr Questet? Of course I can. A fine accomplishment. Top to bottom, please. Uh, Before signing... I, Isaac Newton, have become a criminal investigator. How has this come to pass? Well, I'm not a stupid man, but neither am I omnipotent. And the events that have led me here were beyond my ken, and, even to a certain extent, behind my back.
3: Why are we always at war with the French
0: national pastime? Large armies must be paid. Ah, You are Chancellor of the Exchequer, Mr Montague. Money's is is your suit. Ah. The Bank of England has tried. I have tried. Lotteries,
3: bonds, taxes. We can raise no more from the populace.
0: Surely you do not contemplate vexing the rich... I would be assassinated within the day, Mr Vernon. And as Secretary of State, I would be duty-bound to lead the firing squad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The country has two crucial problems. One, a poor exchange rate of silver
0: due to Dutch manipulation. Uh, Silver is our standard, sir, like the British flag itself. They both stand alone. And the second problem, my dear sir?
3: The enemy within. Counterfeiting. Scarce a coin in this country holds real value. Clipped, shaved, the silver mixed with inferior metal... then presented into commerce, it it floods the country.
0: Surely the concern of the royal mint. And Isaac Newton... Your appointment. Should he fail, the Tories will tear you to ribbons. Mm. Does Newton comprehend the problem? I have warned him of certain challenges... I am hopeful he will find a remedy. A genius, to be sure. Gravity, laws of motion, the Principia. But that is natural philosophy. Politics, the real world, is a barrel full of rats.
1: Interesting, is it not, that everything, every living being, plant, creature, and most especially human, has time built inside its form. This rose so beautiful, will wither and die. The butterfly that rests briefly upon the rose, so exquisite. The bee that sips so busily. All have their allotted span. Only God is eternal. Now, my friend, how did you get past the cards, eh? Therefore, apart from snails, we must live our time with joy. The Bible tells us so. I cannot say that Joyfulness and I walked hand in hand through the meadows of Cambridge, but I have caught glimpses in birdsong, a falling leaf, a plummeting apple as gravity takes its course, and further sightings within the exactness of mathematical thought.
4: Uncle Isaac, time for tea.
1: Time is indeed of the essence.
4: Uh, Mr Montague trembles to begin the cakes.
3: It is your beauty, Miss Barton, that causes me to tremble.
4: It is the cake.
3: Appetite is everything. <sighs> I pronounce myself almost replete. I am grateful to hear so.
4: You had but one small slice, Uncle.
3: Was
1: sufficient. Sufficient unto the day be the evil thereof. Spoken like a true politician.
4: Oh, shame on you, Uncle, to tease so.
1: Charles Montague was my pupil at Cambridge, therefore I may tease him to distraction. An average pupil, Catherine. Yet behold you now, sir. Chancellor, the whirligig of time brings in its revenges.
4: Revenges?
1: A recent Tory broadside shouted on the streets to inform London, our greatest scientific mind reduced to that of a glorified clerk.
4: I would not term the warden of the Royal Mint a glorified clerk.
1: Nevertheless, I am employed. By the government? The Whig government. Ergo, you are my employer. Our honour and privilege. Transported. Cambridge to German Street.
4: Plus a garden. Yeah,
1: with snails and weeds.
4: My uncle has a somewhat punctilious attitude towards nature.
3: A decent virtue. And accordingly, I intend to begin official duties this very day. I am sure you will more than meet the challenge, sir.
2: <clears throat> Gather me a fine crew, Jack. Skilled in the arts. How many, Mr Chandler? Four will suffice. Sweet fellows. Quiet. Not talk out of turn. I want a house. Outskirts. No neighbours.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Holborn. <laughs> you can't sit in looking glass here, save somebody at your back. Our craft draws attention. Find me otherwise. Do my best. Don't fail me, Jack Carter. I've never failed you. Good boy. <laughs> Perfect time. A new fellow at the Royal Meet. Man of letters, Isaac Newton. We'll run him ragged. <laughs>
1: It is yourself, sir. It would seem so. Mr Newton. In person. Uh, um, I've been awaiting you. I knocked for a length of time. The the, the noise from the coining rooms c- can be considerable. Ah. And you are? Haynes, Hopton Haynes, at your service. Now, Perhaps you might begin this service by allowing me entrance.
2: Oh, oh yes, <laughs> of course.
1: a little dark on these stairs, as well to guard your footing. Are you a supervisor here, Mr. Hent? No, <laughs> a clerk. Accounts. Accounts? The accounts of the Royal Mint are... multitudinous. Uh, hard to breathe, Like a dungeon. Almost there, sir. I climb these stairs every day. I'm lost in admiration. Here we are, sir. The clerk's work in this space. Your office is through that small door to the side. It is somewhat threadbare. Uh, but never cold. In winter, the heat from the coining rooms below brings relief. I'll be candid with you, Mr Haynes. I expected to be met by Thomas Neal, the master here. His presence is seldom noted. Then who's in charge? I am... I run the place top to bottom, and much thanks I get. Mr. Elliot Miller, sir? Our premier craftsman in silver. You'll be Newton, the new Walden. I am. We rarely see Mr. Neil. He never stops long, like yourself, sir. Finds it difficult to breathe. So, he leaves immediate for the sake of his health. Know anything about the workings of the Royal Mint? No, but it is not my nature to remain in ignorance. Very well. If it's knowledge you seek, follow me. But I warn you, sir, you have inherited a nest of vipers. To my knowledge, there are nine circles of hell in Dante's Inferno. I was put in mind of this as we descended another staircase into the coining rooms. Narrow regions, one after another, huge fires belching flame. Gigantic cauldrons, where men grimed and blackened by the smoke from the charcoal, like so many devilish helpers, tended the fire under the huge crucibles. Silver bullion, such as we can buy, and there's not much to be found, into the mother's womb and down she melts it to liquid. You could bathe yourself, Mr Newt, and become a man of precious metal. The heat was monstrous, as the liquid silver was poured into sand moulds to make ingots, and once cooled, then the machinery took over. It is written, that the mills of the gods grind exceeding small. These huge, crushing, rolling mills would be of that ilk as they flattened the ingots to thin silver plates. Further down below, in another room, I could hear the giant capstans turn as they powered the mills. Horses pulled the capstans, squealing and neighing as they turned in a grinding circle of laborious toil that led to nowhere. The machinery is worn out like the rest of us. We cut the rounded blanks from the plate, then the final step, to image the coin. Our man sits in a pit there below floor level, puts a coin blank into the striking chamber. Four men pull the ropes of the big capstan, arms spin and the press drives two steel dies into the faces of the coin, deep and sharp. Dies retract and the pitman flips out the newborn coin and then replaces another blank, simple. Hard endeavour. Capstan men are fatigued after just 15 minutes. Replaced. Bit boys not so lucky. One mistake, you lose a jointed part. Like me. See? Four finger gone. Too slow. The machine has no pity. It's like a vision out of hell. Sadly, I cannot point you the way to heaven, sir. I lack the digit. And how did you find your kingdom, sir? Kingdom? Mr. Newton thought it to be like something out of hell. nest of vipers, you have heard, Mr. Miller. What did you mean by that? Corruption everywhere. Trust, not a living soul. Mm. My office through that door, did you say, Mr. Haines? Yes. I wish you to bring me the account books of the Royal Mint. All of them? All of them. I must get to know my kingdom.
2: Should we not be about business, Mr. Chandler? Not yet. (laughs) Ah, here's my quarry. Mary Doherty. I would admire a word.
4: I'm lost to you, Albert Chandler.
2: Not yet, you're not. Come on. Me? <laughs> hey. Well? You're pretty as a picture, Mary.
4: What do you want? I have things on hand.
2: Well, I can see your mark from here. Pretty as a picture. I've always had taste.
4: Didn't stop you moving on.
2: A man must rove. Still have your girls on hand. Yes. And no whores, sluts, no Covent Garden nuns. I'll
4: leave that sort to you, Jack Carter.
2: I've a job for thee, Mary. Make us both a fine return. When? Soon. Dress your girls up proper. Passing out a deal of coin. Best quality, I guarantee. What is it?
4: John Gibson. Behind you.
2: He's a thief-taker. I am an artist.
1: Searching out Joseph Ratchet. Owes money to a lender. Anyone who befriends him is an enemy of mine.
2: Those who betray him will earn a little penny. Pass the word. I'd buy you a drink, John, but you seem to be about your business. Some other time chandler. What I said.
1: Pass the word.
4: He'd be hell out of a friend of mine. Just a young girl dirty beating.
2: Bad buggers, the scotch. Let you know, time and occasion.
4: Do that. Goodbye.
2: What a kettle of fish, eh, Jack? Just how I like it.
4: How was your day, Uncle?
2: Tiring.
4: Any particular cause? (laughs) People. Those contradictions in logic.
1: Mm. (laughs) How was the coffee house?
4: I basked in admiration. Who was there? Mr. Swift and I argued over politics.
1: Not a rare occurrence.
4: Mr. Dryden and Mr. Pope versified.
1: You, the candle, and three ancient moths to the flame. Shame
4: upon (laughs) you, sir!
1: (laughs) I'm grateful, Catherine, that you come to keep me company here.
4: It is my privilege. I remember you used to visit our home when I was a little girl.
1: Well, you followed me everywhere.
4: Do you recall that game we played? The apple and the knife? Oh. I would climb the tree, drop the apple, and yeah, you...
1: Yeah, I remember it well. A foolish pastime and quite dangerous.
4: Do you still possess that knife?
1: I carry it always. In case of footpads. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for supper. You must excuse me. I have much to contemplate. Uncle...
4: In your study on the table, there is a book. A book? With a red binding. I found it in your old papers. A diary of sorts, I think.
1: Uh, I thought I'd lost it. Thank you.
2: These streets, they stink. All the view of human nature is here. Watch, into the doorway. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Carriages! Oh, I shall have one someday. Big wheels. So that I can acquaint folk like you, Jack, with your own wastage. Hey? Eh? Rich folks' houses are cleansed by the night's oil men, not thrown into the courses on the street. This is your creation. It stinks! <laughs> <laughs> Don't make a move, my friend. It could cost you. Keep your distance, Jack Carter. Do as you're told, Jack. No, I am, chandler. You know this blade. Phillips. Bob Phillips. Is I live and breathe? You owe me payment. Not slip my mind. Sir? Cain equipment. Best quality. I sold you. Now I want me money. Bob. I'll see me west coat pocket. Reach over your other hand. What do you find, sir? A watch. But not a false one. Take it to your ear. When I left Birmingham, my, my dying mother gifted me that watch. It's dearer to me than life yourself, and I offer as guarantee that I will redeem such by dint of payment. <sighs> On my mother's grave, I swear that you will have your money within these two weeks. On my mother's grave. I'll take it. Have your throat back. Two weeks it is. You must have dogged us in the street. Careless of me. You bought that watch, Mr Chandler. From a Newgate jailer. I don't appreciate a knife at my gullet. Bob Phillips may find I know other ways to settle outstanding debts.
1: Catherine was correct. It was indeed a diary. Sometimes it is better to keep one's thoughts to oneself. A man might live longer in such a case. I'm greatly in favour of that possibility.
4: Uncle Isaac, what are you doing?
1: Burning the past, my dear. Some years ago I suffered an embroilment. My consistency of mind was riven. It was a it was a dark time
4: i heard that you were ill
1: like icarus i flew too near the sun this journal recorded my rites of passage i tried to prove to myself the existence of god through a kind of transmutation of matter base metal into precious stone
4: you mean like alchemy that would be dangerous
1: a hanging offence. Best it goes up in smoke. This place is like a ruin.
2: What's happened, Mr. Miller? One of the capstans split a spar. It will change. Two weeks he's been in that room and done nothing. Well, Mr. Newton needs to know facts.
1: I'm off to find a piece of solid oak. See if I can mend the damn thing. Have faith.
2: Like a ruin. I have a word,
1: Mr. Haynes? uh, Certainly, sir. Yours to command. I am appalled, Mr. Haynes, by what I have discovered. The fault is not mine, sir. Money wasted hand over fist? The upkeep of our equipment parlous? Large sums seem to have disappeared into the ether. How has this malpractice come to pass? Uh, I cannot tell you here, Mr. Newton. Why not? The walls have ears. Then let us walk the Thames. As we pace by the river, I look back to where the Tower of London rose up to the sky. Turrets and battlements, four square and fortified, walls thick with purpose. All of it hiding the royal mint within, like a rotten tooth. Well, Mr Haynes, proceed to divulge. Thomas Neal is a wastrel. The very definition of patronage, surely. He's paid more than you, sir. You must rise above small considerations. What is important to you, Mr. Haynes? A false coin is everywhere. And we do nothing. We're like a corpse riddled with worms. I am in charge of a shipwreck, Mr. Montague. A challenge, to be sure. I realize from study the chaos now existing at the Royal Mint. But tell me, if you will, what is the financial state of
3: our country? Somewhat perilous clarify the dutch are able to manipulate the exchange rates between here and the continent and turn in a tidy profit by taking our silver abroad and you can do nothing about this it is not against the law then that is your concern counterfeiting is mine yes and it is a pernicious enemy the stakes could not be higher for you or for the country both very well I shall take upon myself the task to eradicate this evil root and branch. My most grateful thanks, Isaac. You will hear from me. I'm certain you will prevail, sir. I am walking into a den of thieves, and you have led me there.
2: Well, what say you? Perfect. Our stands alone. Eggham village, twenty miles from London. Quiet country folk for neighbours. Not nosy. Perfect. So, when do we make a start? Always in a hurry, Jack. How you make a mistake, next thing you're a dead man. Alright, alright. Come in a few weeks, bring it in. Materials, goods, men. Coining tackle, but quietly. Listen. Listen to how quiet it is. Twelve of the hour. Oh, I miss that watch. In the pawn shop now. (laughs) Ha ha! Bob Phillips will regret such. Doesn't pay to get to my bad side, Jack. I've been considering your words, Mr Haynes.
1: I regret to cause such perturbations, sir. Not perturbed. I was thinking. Thinking? Surely not a foreign pastime? No, I think all the time. Excellent. Then you can help me wage war. In what fashion, sir? The Mint is a castle under siege. Time to fight the enemy on their own
3: ground. Listen to this, Mr Vernon. My dear Charles, in light of our previous conversation, I propose as follows. I will couch it in monetary terms, as this seems to me the only way to address a government official. Not terribly flattering. The price to pay for my complete involvement in the plan of campaign I intend to wage against counterfeiters is not negotiable. A trifle arrogant. He's entitled to his arrogance, unlike the rest of us. Thomas Neal must be prevailed upon to resign the
0: mastership of the Royal Mint, and I will take total command. What? Let me see. I will also need a large sum set aside to pay for the campaign, the details of which I can supply later. I also require that my remuneration be increased to at least the same level as Neil's. ...since I will be doing the work of two, plus the task of destroying the enemy. I consider this a reasonable demand. Your humble servant, Isaac Newton.
1: (laughs) No one will know you, sir. I resemble a scarecrow. (laughs) Well dressed for this place. <laughs> the dog tavern. What a spectacle. I, th- I thought it important for you to see those against whom you would wage battle.
2: <laughs> I, um, and it
1: is from places of this nature that you must recruit your company. How so? You need men who can slip into the background, observe those who receive and would pass the coin. Set a thief to catch a thief. Exactly. How is it, if I may ask? that you know so much of this delicate world. A passing acquaintance only, sir. You've heard of Neil's resignation? I restrained my sorrow, sir. So you are now master of the mint? Yes. Very well, then. Let us recruit. What in God's name is he doing in that pokey little den? Mr Newton is forming a private force. To do what, may I ask? Investigation. You must excuse me. What about our old machinery?
2: When does it get replaced? When Mr. Newton can spare the time.
1: Mr. Newton is not the almighty.
2: Jeb Albright, sir. Never been arrested, not even close. Will Force, sir. Watchman. By the warehouse burnt down. David Slacky, sir. The plague took my wife. I have a son to care for.
1: Gideon Marsh. A religious man, but I lost me way. I seek redemption.
0: Jiggy do sir. I'll fight any man living.
1: Ah, <sighs> Mr Haynes. May have found some men upon which we can reckon. We must begin with that. Uh, there's one more person, sir. John Gibson, thief-taker. I can be useful. In what way? You want to kill rats? Yeah, find out where they nest. Well, the false coiners? I can at least one of their hidey holes. But it'll be dangerous. I'm not afraid of such. Aye, I see that in your eyes, sir. Very well. You're hired. I don't come cheap. Mr Haynes? here yeah, we'll see to that. Aye, and you, sir? Do, Do I not know it. you? I doubt it. No, you seem familiar. Perhaps we've been in the same pleasure house together, eh?
3: I doubt it very much.
1: Make sure you fulfil your end of the bargain, Mr Gibson. Bargain it is, sir. (laughs) Well? Well, Bob Phillips. He's your man, Mr Newton. Really a pawn shop? Aye, but what lies behind it, eh? People come and go every hour of the night. How do you know of all this? I have my sweet ways. Are your men ready? Yes. Uh, Mr Newton... Perhaps it might be best if you retire. I am perfectly capable.
2: Bravo, sir. Let us proceed, then. Now, once inside, you make for the back room. The stash will be there. The door's locked. Not for long. Here, give me the axe. Now!
1: In fact, I did take the wise advice of Mr. Haynes and absent myself somewhat from the ensuing battle. Gibson was like a berserk as we cut through to the back room. A delivery of coining materials had been in progress and the villains concerned fought hard. I observed Mr. Haynes to acquit himself nobly. My own men valiant enough. Some of the criminals captured, some escaped. And that left but one man.
0: Thank you for listening and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.